0: Hey there. What can I get you? I will have one Shifty's podcast, please. Sounds good, I'll be right back. I need one Shifty's podcast on the fly. Hey! <laughs> Shifty's podcast in the window. Here's your Shifty's podcast.
1: Hmm, I love me some Shifty's podcast in my stomach. That's what I say every time I listen to Shifty's Podcast. Welcome to the Shifty's Podcast. We're BeachCast. C- BeachCast. Welcome to the Shifty's BeachCast. This is a this is a brand new invention invented exclusively by us. The Shifty's Podcast has never been done before ever in the history of podcasts. Here we are. Joy. why don't you tell us where we're at right now? By the way, I'm Andrew. If you didn't get know for my voice, we... Or at the beach doing a cast, it would be like if you were a doctor and you really
2: loved the ocean and you wanted to give casts to people, you'd give a beach cast. Or if a whale like beached and you needed to cast a net around it to drag it back into the water, it would be a beach cast. Can you go three for three. Or if you are a podcaster and you took it to the beach to record, it would also be a beach cast. And there it is. Number three
1: right now. Who's what? What is this beautiful voice talking to me right now? By the way, beach cast. Oh, sorry, uh, Joey. And I'm Wallace. And this is the Shifties Podcast, a podcast about restaurants and people who work in restaurants. And sometimes other people like today. Why don't you tell us who we got coming on the podcast later? So we've got two
0: killer guests. You heard right. Two killer guests lined up. Uh, our first that you'll be hearing from is Barrett. That's right. The triumphant return of the fan favorite. And guess what he brought with him?
1: Um, not Scotty. Not, not Not Scotty? Not Scotty. He bought the Bob. Ooh, time for the redemption round of the ShopBot. We'll see if it actually manages to do its one job this time. Apparently, it's firing on all cylinders,
0: pouring excellent 1.5-ounce pours. So we will be testing that later. Um, and then our second guest is Evan from Save the D8. Save the D8, what? What is that, you might ask? It's another podcast, a Seattle podcast, a D&D podcast. Um, as you know, we're all huge nerds and play D and D, so we nerd out a little
1: bit on that with him. We do indeed, and the, one of the biggest reasons that we have uh, Evan coming on the podcast is: Are you ready? We big, big announcement incoming. We Holy shit. oh, are Holy prepare shit. yourselves. I think Whoa. we need more build up for do you this. See actually, that on the horizon right there. What is, that, is it? Is that a big announcement incoming? I think Dude, I that's think a bigger it is. Announcement than I thought. That bi- that announcement is so big. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this announcement right now, but it is upon us. Actually, a Frisbee just hit us. We are doing an upcoming... Oh, there's a train in the background. We have got a live podcast show. I think I'm going to say that one more time in case that last one is super blown out because I brought the mic close to my face. We're doing a live show! July 30th at the Northwest Film Forum in Seattle, Washington. That's right. We are not traveling outside of our city. We are just doing it in Seattle, which is still a pretty cool city, you know. We're teaming up with two other Podcasts, including the funhouse family podcast which is a wacky subversive seattle art podcast featuring improv featuring seattle artists such as bands actors writers directors like really just everything so if you're into art you're into culture you're into seattle stuff and if you like just kind of weird adult swim style humor they're definitely worth checking out they also do plays in Seattle, different things like that. So be sure to check their website out. We'll put it in the link of this episode. So we're teaming up with them. Uh, they're going to actually feature us on their podcast. So if you want to hear us talk about podcasting and all sorts of other stuff and then get interrupted by some wacky improvisers, be absolutely You're sure to check to that out. not spoil that part. It's literally the whole conceit of their show. Yeah. Never mind. It's a 100% Data, right? straight show yeah. that never has anything weird happen in it it's at like not all. It's not-fun-fun fun house. Yeah. It's, it should be called Boring House because nothing really crazy and weird and improvisational is going to happen. I promise. Man, that's a great name. We should uh, we should go ahead and trademark boring, boring House for our next podcast we do. Oh, it's already done, man. Oh. It's already done. And the second podcast we're teaming up with is Save the D8, which, as Wallace said, is a Seattle-based actual play podcast with dungeons and... Dragons. I won't talk too much about that because we're going to get into it with Evan later in the episode. And I think that's all the announcing on that that I need to do in this Beachcast moment. You forgot one. Beach What's cast. that?
2: We're doing a live show July 30th at 7 p.m. at the Seattle Film Northwest Film Forum. That's on Capitol Hill on 12th Avenue. Man, I can't believe I forgot the thing Are that you I. I can't me? believe I forgot Dude, that. Wow. The big announcement on the horizon.
0: I'm pretty sure you mentioned that first. Oh, did I mention that? But just because we're all mentioning it, guys, live shifties save the D8
1: and Family Funhouse July 30th at the Funhouse, North, Family. Funhouse Family at the Northwest Film Forum. If the amount of hype that we are for this is not coming through, let me just. Oh! Okay, I gotta have to edit that later. But uh, there you go. That's just like a just a pure channel into my inner hype. Uh, I believe that's it for now. Check out our Facebook page for more details on the event Like how you can buy tickets How you can just show up to the coolest live show that's ever been recorded ever That's a promise I do actually (laughs) want to say one thing about Yes, Uh, The whole time you'll be
2: hearing banging tunes in the background of this episode That is by us That is Just saying So we've got uh, DJ
0: Dad, now known
2: as Deep State in the background As well
0: as my DJ, Alter Ego Alias, and Gromit That's right, it's a play on Wallace and Gromit
1: Wow, that was—I
2: did not s- put that together. I did not right either. Now. I
1: don't you know. know what Wallace and Gromit is actually. I just what? At- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right, without further ado, let's see if the shot bot shits the shot bot bed again.
3: <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Get ready, Seattle, for the biggest live podcast event of the year. This July thirtieth, Northwest Film Forum is going to explode. Not one, not two. But three local podcasts go head-to-head. Funhouse Family, Save the D8, Shifties. This awesome mind-twisting action from 7 to 11 p.m. Watch as the Funhouse Family discusses the local art See the Save the D8 crew improv a D&D story that you'll never forget. And stare as the shifties regale the masses with how tough it is to be in the workforce. Plus, all those with the best handmade name tags will win awesome prizes. Watch them all battle it out under one roof. Northwest Film Forum, July 30th from 7 to 11. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the urge. So, let me, yeah, let me wire this
4: in, boys, into the mainframe. That's all. I thought
2: I was the tech wizard today, but no. <laughs> That's true. I, I am really happy. Is it recording right now? Yeah. Guys, I set up a whole sound system of working microphones by myself. I'm just really happy. Dude, this is not something Joey of like six months ago
1: could have even conceived of doing. <laughs> That's almost as cool as creating a shot bot. It's, yeah, it's like a fifth is cool. I think Maybe. the difference is, though, is that we're currently listening to music, and we have yet to see if I will be drinking Hard liquor out of this Empty beer can That's true
4: This is my redemption episode Actually I have an
1: extra cup If somebody doesn't want Uh no that's
4: disgusting I'll, I'll take This it. is me yeah, You right guys here. can see Alright uh So our, our On the menu today For the shot bot Is Some of that good Pants warmed cracking in a flask Nice Very classic It's got some after notes Of just shit tons of sugar And uh Super palatable <laughs> There's some regret In there too right Regret and shame <laughs> That is rum Yes yeah. You're right <laughs> And so uh, I'm going to start With a,
1: just a little Insertion Just for the- why don't you If someone hasn't heard <laughs> I don't know how They would have missed how, yeah, how One would would of the greatest Episodes of all time about the shop, But if you if For those listeners Who have not heard Of the shop bot Why don't you tell us A little bit about What, we're, what fire we're Playing with here What gas right. we're Cooking with
4: So The worst part About drinking Is when you're Too drunk to pour a shot and you know a normal person might say well maybe don't drink if you can't pour a shot we don't do that here we're we're not quitters all right so i've, I've devised the device uh, an arduino a relay and a power a power supply and a peristaltic motor in order to just Poor shots for me, just to make the whole process much easier.
2: Can I ask a follow-up
4: question? What is a peristaltic motor? A peristaltic motor is a motor commonly used in the restaurant industry. Fun fact. Uh, it is, what it does is, uh, instead of pumping uh, the liquid through a pump, it just uh, squeezes the liquid through a tube, so that way the liquid is never contaminated by the machine. That way it can be uh, used to serve drinks, or other things, and it's also
1: extremely precise. Very cool. Right on. All right. All right, is this the moment of truth?
5: Yeah,
2: let me
1: I mean, I feel like I need more build up for this, but. Hold on, hold on. Beach cast, beach
2: cast, beach cast, beach cast, beach cast, beach cast, beach beach Is that a good, like a beach cast drum roll?
1: Beach cast, 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 beach
0: cast, beach cast, beach cast, beach cast,
1: beach cast, beach cast, beach cast, Switch is being switched. We, we do have a flask with a tube going into it, which is a promising sign. Oh,
4: you're fucking shit,
0: man.
1: Uh oh. Oh no. Oh okay. no.
4: Do it, I'll kill myself. Uh, <laughs> we live suicide. It just worked today. <laughs> it was working this morning. Oh no. Uh, let me
2: just see if I can figure out.
1: Do I want to start
2: another podcast episode?
1: Because third time's the charm, and it'll probably work. Yeah, I mean really if it doesn't work this time, we're gonna have to build up. Like we're gonna yeah, have, we're gonna have to, to have some be- some major build-up to the to the third. Oh are we plugged in? Are you sure we're on? We're not on. Oh wait, do we not do we even have power? Power's on. Barrett is listening closely. He's holding his finger up. Which, okay, it, promising. Okay, the power relay is working. Okay, it better because
2: I spent a lot of money on these batteries, and they look really cool. They look very cool. in the motor.
1: Oh. Oh God! I can't believe I've done this. We'll let you tinker with that. Yeah. Just but why don't we get into the word of the week this week? The
3: word of the week.
1: The word of the week. Which, uh, Joey? Joey, what's our, actually? You weren't there when we decided, Wallace. What's our word of the week this week? Our word of the week is more of a phrase, as sometimes it is, and it, the phrase is two weeks. Two weeks is an increment of 14 days, also known as a fortnight. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And in this context... Oh, yeah. There's also another context. Yeah. In this context, two weeks is
0: referring to the two weeks notice that you give to your place of employment when you're about to leave that place of employment. It's very, it's very common in the restaurant industry to give those two weeks. Sometimes it's a longer notice, but two weeks is the colloquial way to say you are
1: leaving in that amount of time. Barrett's currently blowing... Oh, wait, it's... Oh, function. We have functionality. There's just a shit ton of fucking
4: sand in this. Thanks,
1: guys, for hosting a beach podcast. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The the term is beach cast, Barrett. The ShotBot was uh, thinking
0: about giving its two-week notice, or rather its right-now notice, but it decided to stay with us. The
1: ShotBot was about to quit without notice, which is real not chill. Yeah, exactly. It it did not take two weeks to figure out the ShotBot. Oh! Oh. It's working!
4: This is so sick. All right, fellas, my redemption arc has come. How's that for (laughs) build-up?
1: Wow. And uh, I think we have we have rum. Barrett just took a shot.
4: Barrett just took a shot. Well, now now the chamber it's chambered. So now we're now we're calculating full shots. Push the button. All right, fellas, who wants a shot of this delicious sad liquor? You know I I do.
1: You know that I do.
4: Hell yeah. All right. This one's. Uh, I gotta. Can I get a, a shot of rum on the fly?
1: <laughs> Look at that. I don't know if this is a full shot. That is a full shot.
4: Cafe Vita cups are just uh, pretty sweet like that. Sponsored by Cafe Vita. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, man. That's a full shot. Can I get a? Can I get one of you boys a shot? I'm tasting the Joey's red. Up. Joey's up for a shot. <laughs> All right, Joey. You ready for a nice, refreshing fucking shot? You, Served by you robots. Bet, you bet I am.
2: God, this is cool. Right? You guys didn't believe me. So, Barrett, how does it
1: feel that you're going to be the richest man in the world very soon? I was about to say I already work at Piccolino's. I mean, nothing. I work at a restaurant. You can name it, man. I already gave my two weeks. Oh,
2: okay. And you're going to be able to say that Jeff Bezos is now Jeff Bitzos compared to you. I was about to
4: say, Jeff Bezos is a motherfucking poser, all right? <laughs> Fucking, I'm going to, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to go marry Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, all right? There you go. Let me show him who's boss. That is a, a well-poured robotic shot. Exactly. 44.3 milliliters, if I was to guess. Just off the top of my head.
2: Is that really what it is? Yes.
0: That's a, that's a shot.
2: Yeah.
4: Beautiful.
0: I'm not going to take this shot, but thank you.
1: Uh, there
0: you go. There go. Barrett's
1: taking it. Pony up. All right. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. It worked. Finally. I, don't know, I would say first, but I think finally is more fitting. Can we we have... Sorry We have some automatic We have some We have some Shotbot shots Oh my Look I'm gonna be honest guys This is a really Happy moment for me I was I was reveling In my failure Previously I mean this is Like some This is like Some series arc Stuff right here This is This is some Late uh, third act payoff Of our podcast Meta narrative I was about to say I quit picolinos Just so I could uh,
4: Work on the shotbot And redeem myself Joey would you mind Hitting that button I'm just dumping The chamber back in
0: Yep so, guys, I want to bring this right back around to two weeks. Let's get back to that for a sec. That's true. Because everyone here is leaving a job at, right now.
1: Or has left. Or has left, right. Uh, Andrew, why don't you start us off? With- so, uh, I finally quit Restaurante Piccolino's, the restaurant that I worked at. Shocker, uh, spoiler, revealer. You know, I would get into it, but I'm not gonna. Because I've talked enough about how shitty it is. So, yeah. Cone in the restaurant where I can hear <laughs> Um, Yeah, and then Barrett quit Barrett actually gave his two weeks on my last day Which was an interesting move on his part
0: (laughs) It's kind of touching
4: Honestly, uh, I think what happened was like The one thing that really kept me at Picolinos Was uh, a lot of good people I like And at some point I just realized there is definitely uh, Not enough people there to keep me Keep me uh, putting up with bullshit Yeah, because I quit Yeah, it's solely because of Andrew I mean, Scotty also quit too Scotty was a good guy You know, rest in peace, Scotty He'll be remembered <laughs> Oh shit, I forgot to tell you Scotty got hit by a bus Uh, fuck Damn, that's this why is, he's not here? This is Shifty's podcast official Yeah, that's that was the pressing date he had
1: to do That's why he's not here, he's dying Oh man, that's disappointing Joey, why don't you tell us about how you quit?
2: So, referencing an earlier episode of Shifties called No Call No Show. Mm-hmm. We're just doing a lot of
1: meta-narrating here. Narrating. It's the series arc, baby. Season 2 is coming right. to a close. Or yeah. season 1. If you haven't wow. binged all the episodes before yeah. this, uh, you fucked up.
2: What, pod- what, what, pod- what pod- podcast do this besides us? Uh, zero. Beachcast. So, I just didn't have a good relationship with my new manager. It seems that in situations where I should be given the benefit of the doubt based upon performance and effort and skill and sales numbers and all of that, I was not and was often accused of things that were not my fault. And so being not given the benefit of the doubt enough times makes you very wary and jaded of a place the word toxic starts to spring into your mind. That word sprung into my mind a lot in the last year. The work environment just made me unhappy, and so one day I got fed up because the owner was a dick to me, unrightfully, (laughs) unrightfully, Jesus Christ.
1: too many shot bots. Yeah, and uh,
4: shot bot changes you.
1: So oh, I, I just, edited out the part where Joey took 40 shot bot shots. <laughs> oh, I, dude, I yeah, was.
4: Joey actually died. Oh, Joey OD'd about an hour
2: ago. This is just the, a hologram. The, both me and Scotty are dead. Uh, anyway, so I was in the middle of a double and I was just done with it. So I quit in the middle of my double or I put in my two weeks. But I asked them to take me off the schedule whenever it was possible. And luckily for me, that was possible the next day. So I worked one more day, and now I'm sitting on a beach doing a beach cast. Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, I am leaving my brunch job.
0: I'm going to name it now, Brimmer and Heel Tap. I mean, even though I have like technically two shifts left, I feel comfortable going and throwing the name out there. I currently have three jobs right now. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the podcast yet. But three jobs is way too much. I'm getting more hours at my new job. And I am sick and tired of waking up early for brunch on the weekend. It's just not fun. I gave them my two weeks. I thought it was going to go really poorly. It went really well.
1: Hugged it out with the owner, and I am out of there. Did you actually hug? I did, yeah. I was impressed. I feel like I've had that experience as well, where I feel like giving my two weeks is going to be super shitty. And I've quit three jobs now, and I always get super nervous. I always plan a hard deadline where, like, I have a... plan like I'm either going out of town or I'm going camping or something and like if I don't get my two weeks I'm going to ruin my own plans and then I get exactly 14 days before I leave for that trip and then I have to get my two weeks and I do Mm. so I I have to like strong arm myself into doing it and it never has gone bad I don't know, why do you you think we have that stigma? Although, maybe, maybe quitting has gone bad for you in the past, so I don't know, but for me, I always am afraid and it's like, never a big deal.
0: Well, restaurants are always in such a state of flow anyways that losing a person is not that big of a deal. Like, even if it's the GM, they will figure it out. That's just kind of the business model of every restaurant. So, you build it up in your head, but it's really not that big of a deal if a person leaves.
2: To answer your question with a life perspective on things, Everyone that we're working with presumably has more professional experience than we do. And I think we, and as young professionals, tend to overvalue the importance of ourselves and our contributions to a place, not realizing that these people have dealt with people quitting and coming in and just general turnover, not just in restaurants, but in any industry, because there's a reason why two weeks is the professional standard. That is plenty enough time for the person who is experienced in hiring to get somebody to replace you. And so they're like, yeah, we understand this is business. We're trying to make money off you. You're trying to make money with us. You have to leave. You have to leave. Beauty of America, baby. And so I I think that we worry too much about that.
4: If I can sympathize to the the hard out where you are like, I got to put in my two weeks at this date. Uh, it's, talking about my previous job at Picolino's, uh I had a week a weekend long vacation coming up, and I think my manager could kind of tell I was a little bit fed up. And so once my shift ended, uh, I was gonna go tell him, you know, fucking, I'm putting in my two weeks and i could not goddamn find him anywhere it's like like a uh, doctor sleep when the cat can smell death <laughs> fucking i looked uh, all over the restaurant i had to go to his backup backup smoke spot out behind the dumpsters and he had created like a little barricade around him where he was like nobody enter my dumpster zone <laughs> and i uh, i just knocked and i was like knock knock I leaned around the corner and i was like hey how you doing he's like smoking all right, make <laughs> <And he> it. <continued. laughs> I said, uh, I'm gonna have to put in my two weeks right now. And he, uh, he two
2: weeks behind the dumpster. Yeah, behind
4: the dumpster. And what happened was he, he put out his cigarette and then he just spit on the ground. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I've ruined your weekend now. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a hard out for me. That's what happens when you lose the head buster. Yeah,
2: that's true. true.
4: Look, if Scotty was here, he still wouldn't be Head Busser. And I'd tell him about it. <laughs> but he's dead. Yeah. Man, Rest R.I.P.
1: Man, rip, Scotty. Scotty. Rest in peace, Scotty. All right. Well, dude, thanks for coming back, Barrett. I'm yeah. glad ShotBot works. Me too. Oh, You're better at This half. is so much stress off me. I can, I can die happy now. <laughs> I yeah. wish I could say that it tasted better. I pressed a weird button randomly with my thumb, but it didn't stop recording. I wish I could say that it tasted better through that sweet, sweet, tube of the shot bot but it tasted just about as like shitty rum as shitty rum so all right i'll take that uh maybe
4: uh in v2 mark 2 uh we'll have dual head spouts and we can make mixed
2: drinks ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah that's wow. brilliant wait yeah. would that be like cocktail bot so cockbot bot <laughs> that's the new name cockbot are we recording right now Yes. Oh, God. Hey, guys. What's up?
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello. This is uh, Beachcast. This Beachcast. Is Beachcast. We, have, we, we haven't recorded the part that's going to be before this. You know,
0: the intro is going to let you know what we're doing right here, but I'm just going to say Beachcast a lot. Beachcast. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Evan. What's your, what's your last name? Uh, Christopher. Evan Christopher. He's got two wow. firsts. What's, a, your, what's your middle name? James. Nice. That's a
2: powerful name. Perfect. Right. Triple, triple first name. I'm going to skew a little farther away here.
5: Oh, uh, it helps. It helps me <laughs> quite a bit, you know, because I also have a sister, uh, Mary, uh, Mary J. Sally Sue. Ah, yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> Mary J. Sally Sue Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> here we are with Evan Christopher, a man of many first names. Also, the DM of Save the D8, one of our partner podcasts for our upcoming live show. Uh I tell you a little bit more about it, but uh I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Evan tell you a little bit. What's uh what's what's special about your podcast?
5: Uh so my podcast is literally uh me and four of my friends sitting down and playing I you know there's so many other podcasts like that. However with ours I kind of try uh try to keep it kind of more of a sandbox kind of scenario. Whereas um, my players tend to build a story themselves, and I just extenuating, adding in what the world looks like, what some of the people they meet look like, as well as put in a lot of uh, like sound effects. So when someone casts a spell, you can actually hear it. Uh, when they're oh, walking shit. through the woods or in a tavern, you can actually hear the tavern music playing or the birds chirping in the woods. Uh, try to help create much more of an inversion of... Uh, of uh, actually being in that world, kind of being more storytelling than uh, just uh, technical play. So think of it more of like listening to uh, to a storybook being told to you while people curse and set things on fire.
2: <laughs> so what, one of the uh, classic conundrums for a DM of your style is how much sand is in the sandbox, right? So yeah. how much shenanigans do you typically allow your players? Where is your line between the rules of D&D and... The creative go crazy nuts aspect of D and D. What would you
5: allow? What wouldn't you allow? Uh, I tend to allow a lot, actually, um, because for me the point of playing D and D is uh, just creating a story and having and having fun. So, like a lot of times, my players will come up with an ingenious idea with. Some kind of low-tier spell or something like that, something creative. And typically, if they could explain to me why they think it would work and like kind of give me the plan for it, I'll go, okay. And I'll let them at least roll for it. So if they roll for it, it gives them that least chance of, okay, we'll see if it can happen. Just like how life can sometimes have some weird thing just fall right in your lap. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Otherwise, most of the time they roll really shitty, so it's a lot of ones. So it's you know, it, I would say that this is much more real life set because of how how shitty their luck is with their rolls. Um, I could say the same for myself. Uh, at one point, I had them fighting. Uh, about to fight a big red dragon, um, and I, I rolled one on the attack for the dragon. And one of my rules is is when you roll one, you have to roll percentile dice to see whether or not you get damaged or hurt. I got a 99% on that. Oh thing, So, just as they were about to fight the the bad boss of the whole dungeon, the boss kills himself, exploding, because uh, <laughs> of my dumbass roll. Like the fire in his stomach just yeah. Burst well, out. luckily one of the one of the characters had slashed his throat, so we I had I had made it. Of when he goes to breathe fire, the cut in his throat caused the fire to expand out of that instead, causing Quality. the whole creature to fall on fire instead and blow up. Nice. That's so, awesome. but it was, it was, it was, uh, to me, it was really, uh, taking the wind out of my sails for a big major boss fight that just fell flat. Yeah.
1: All right, so what would you say to DMs who would, f- you know, roll behind a screen and say, oh, yeah, uh,
5: I didn't roll a one? <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody knows DMs are gonna fudge rolls. It's just true. gonna happen. Uh, once again, for playing wise, it's, it's more about having fun and, uh, just creating the story and if it turns out that it comes to the point of some death rolls as a DM that's not on you that's on the player they need to get better or get better dice (laughs) you know (laughs) dice that's true get a weighted d20 hey you'd be surprised Uh, I played with a group a while ago uh, where you had to actually weigh your dice before playing wow. someone had a cup because they had somebody playing with way of the dice ah. um, i would have th- i would have been uh, suspicious when someone started rolling uh 720s in a row <laughs> uh, so now when we had to do is that we had to actually drop the dice in a thing of water and if it floated then you could use it if it sunk then it was <laughs> you're done ah, that's awesome wow. That so, that spoils my plan for the live show D and D
2: tricks that I was gonna pull off shoot. Uh, so so Cut and I also both
0: run campaigns. We both um, DM. And I kinda wanted to bounce. I'm Cold Cut. Yeah, Andrew. <laughs> that is my nickname. Yeah. Uh kinda wanted to ask you and like kinda bounce some like creative uh, process thoughts off of you. Like how do you set about like creating your campaign, building your
5: worlds, making your sandbox, you know, good for your players? Um Pretty much what I try to do is I try to make uh, a tree, you know, um, kind of like I've always been a big fan of science fiction more than fantasy, but I've always liked the whole thing of with uh, the way whenever a timeline splits, it could split in certain different ways. So while I leave the players on, I kind of try to learn how the players typically react to things and how they usually will try to go about things. So I'll tend to like to give them about two to three choices. Mm. Instead of giving them like two choices, if you give them an extra third or fourth one, Mm. then sometimes you can kind of lead your players in a much more suitable direction that you think that they'll go. Mm. As well as, I just plan out for all of them. And then, once again, if they decide to do something that didn't get picked for that already, as a DM, you can throw that later back in the mix. It doesn't really matter. Um, One of the things that I've been enjoying so far with this so far is uh, while we have uh, the players themselves creating the story for that, I've been been doing a lot of, like, sneaky stuff on the outside, so some of the choices that the players didn't pick ended up affecting their choices later on, Ah. such as, like, there was an item that I wanted them to go steal and they didn't end up going to steal it, so about four episodes later they find out that a huge fire got started and it was that place where they were supposed to steal this item. And that item was something that they needed for a mission later on. So now they had to go and find who stole that item in the beginning. I like that. Because one of my, I don't want
0: to say frustrations, but one of my things as a DM is I'll create, like you said, three or four options for them to pick. And I'm like, please pick number two, right? Right. And they don't pick number two. So I'm kind of like wanting to extend that and have something to do with that. So that's a really good tip for like bringing it back around in a later uh, later episode.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, for one of the things for being a DM is uh, realize that the, the story, the plan you want is never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what you want will never happen because your are has, like, if the players realize that you are edging towards something specifically, then they will go the opposite route. They will, But they will purposely go the opposite route. So if I want them to do something, I typically go, yeah, there's like this dungeon that's in the corner. That's fine. But there's also this tavern that's like really fun and everyone's having a good time there. And you can see people drinking and like, like it looks really exciting. And then when I say that, they go, well, let's go check out the cave because like... <laughs> that seems pretty suspicious for that and inside I'm like oh the the groundwork is being laid I'm gonna start rubbing my hands in a very you know sinister way now
1: yeah that's awesome so
5: how do you as a DM
2: condense what is usually three four hour adventure if you were just playing friends in a room into podcast format how do you keep the pace ahead how do you uh, what do you take out do you abridge the adventure in any way
5: um no I don't abridge the adventure in any way. Uh, the only so what I typically do uh, within our Party Fish Studios uh, with our media manager, Party Fish Media, um, we do about a five to six hour uh, campaign, um, about two times uh, two times a month. And what we do is is uh, I try to split it into one hour segments, and uh, I cut anything that's just us going out and taking a break anything like that anything else most of the things that typically i'm cutting are are long pauses or maybe some of the like the massive times we roll dice <laughs> um aside from that i try and, i try to keep everything in so like anytime anybody makes a uh, like a mistake of a fluff or like oh i meant to say this or like even I as a DM will fuck up rules and my players will be like, no DM, it's supposed to be this. I'll still keep that in because I want people to be... I want them to realize that I tried to cut... I don't try to cut anything out that would be uh, disagreeable to the story and that where everything kind of comes from. Yeah. You know, and like uh, to me, trying to abridge it um, kind of ruins some of the fun because I feel like a lot of the characters um, continue to grow as we've been making the story. So... Some of our fans that we've been having so far have been really enjoying uh, how some the characters started off and have had some growth for the stuff that they've done so far. That's really cool. And, like, I, I always get fact-checked.
0: Like, most of, not most of my players. Two of my players. Cold Cut, he's in my, one of my campaigns, and our friend Ryan has mm-hmm. been on the cast before are both much more knowledgeable than, than I am when it comes to the rules of the of the game. Right. So they'll constantly, like, check me, like, oh, yeah, that should be fall damage or whatever kind of things. Um, so, I mean, that's a the thing. they like, nobody's perfect and knows all the rules.
5: It is a thing. But also, as another tip for DMs, uh, remember, uh, you control the game, so they can say whatever rule they want, and you can say, I'm not, I don't follow by that rule. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> House rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of that with his campaign. It's kind of changed. It's
0: It's kind of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's also kind of just like our, our campaign at this point.
5: <laughs> well, it's it's um, it's really interesting because uh, I was talking with another guy about trying to be a DM because he's been a player the whole time and he wants to DM. Um, but he was really worried because he's like, I'm afraid I'd become one of those guys who would be like super menacing and be like a rural Nazi or uh, like try to kill all the players, you know. And he just wanted to have a good time with his friends. And I was telling him, just think about it this way as a dm you are not against the players the playing DD isn't a like end game win thing it's just about uh kicking back and having fun with your friends so as a dm it's okay to help them out it's okay to throw them some throw them a couple of obstacles in the way to have them feel like to earn it because when you like when you go in that dungeon and you have that big fight and you get that cool magical item there's like a, a really good feeling that you get from that you know of having the adventure with your friends to they make it, and then having your inside jokes that you get to do as well. Um, even with the DM, because, as once again, the DM is just, once again, an extension of the player. Uh, I like to see it more as a sense of, like, you're a referee. You're not against the players, you're just a referee on how things are going to go. I like that a lot, because it seems
2: that there are a group of adversarial DM DMs out there, who don't, in my opinion, have the right mentality. Whereas you are a facilitator. You created the sandbox. You're not trying to kill the people in the sandbox. If they die, they might die. But um, yeah, it's, it's a collaborative effort between everybody to create this world. And in my opinion, the best part of D&D is doing cool shit. Oh,
5: and yeah. all be all,
2: that is the best part
5: for me. That's, that, I have to agree with you. That is my favorite part. I think my favorite episodes that we have... Um, on the podcast are the episodes that I barely even get to talk, mm. where my players just get to just get to role play with each other in character about what they would do, and like they, there's even been points I didn't I didn't even edit any of it out, but they even met a game inside of like like well we should do this but we can't because our characters wouldn't do that you know and I just and like that's my favorite part where I actually get to sit back and watch them like help build it out themselves and like just really get into the story that. They think that I'm building, but it's really them themselves building. Yeah. You know, so I can't take full responsibility for making the whole story. It's it's them themselves because they're the ones who make the choices and go through what they want to do. What's your what do you think? Would you rather play or DM? Do you have a favorite between the um, two? I me honestly, I I like to play. Hmm. Um, I I like to play more than DM just because I like I like to be a character and kind of uh, just, you know, go on the adventure itself. Um, World building can be pretty fun, but there is something I feel like there's much more freedom uh, in being the character to make the choices than as the DM of, like, all these choices to give instead of getting to make, Yeah, you know? That's fair. I found that... I really like the
0: world building aspect of it, and I think I enjoy DMing more because it's like constant stimulus. You have to be thinking the whole time, mm. um, versus like if if you know, say your party is split, which our party is split quite a bit in Coolcuts <laughs> campaign. Yeah. There's a lot of downtime.
1: Okay, sometimes we have eight players though. That's true, <laughs> right? So you've got
0: to kind of gotta, gotta <laughs> yeah. split the party. That's A lot. That's a lot of players.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a. i am know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> One time we had we had eight players, two of which had never played D and D before. Yeah. So sue me.
0: <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, like there's downtime, and you have to like you have time to sit there and like you can prepare your spells and get ready and stuff but you're also just kind of waiting for someone else to take their turn whereas with a dm you're constantly having to think what's this person going to do what's the next person going to do um is my boss even ready do i know my stat block for that well enough Mm. kind of thing so i kind of like that continual stimulus of it
5: yeah i definitely uh i i I can agree that like that is definitely also a really great part for having it being a, a dm is also having those of stat blocks, and then like uh, all my stuff's usually on my computer, mm. so I have about, like, 20 tabs up of everything, <laughs> yes. and, like, being able to know which one to go to, depending on the choice, and, like, um, I just just for, like, in the sense of my world building, I really got into it to the point of, we've got a map right now on our Facebook page that shows the whole, like, continent that takes place, Every major city on there, including some of the smaller cities that you get there that are on the map, I have completely written out of like how many people live in the town like five to seven shops there several relationships the government like all of that um and which then even my players were like this seems a little excessive because we probably (laughs) won't be going to any some of these and i was like you might might." and that's that's the thing of like i would like to be well prepared for it so then um uh uh, it it also helps a lot of time for your improv stuff if you have sometimes over-prepared, yeah. so then you're like, oh, I can't think of anything in the moment, oh, I'll just go and grab this, and I can put that in there to help set it up for it. Um, I think another thing that's really great for the world-building stuff is, and I think as a player, I get it, it, it is much more helpful as well, is uh, I get to Play more than one character Hmm. as the NPCs. Yeah. But the hard part for that is that, like anybody, you've only got five voices. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) uh (laughs) it starts getting really hard to to do different voices (laughs) when you're, uh, merchant, the blacksmith, um, the bandits, and then the the big bad boss all sound the same. Right. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) I uh I struggle. I do like my uh, my child voice and like my lady voice is the same. Yeah. Like they're kind of the same people. And uh, I had one character. His name was Jumpin Jack and uh, one of our I guess like kind of the big bads showed up and he sounded exactly ju- <laughs> Jumpin Jack and they are like all the players are like oh wait a minute this Jumpin Jack and we thought he was like no it's just, it's just the voice
5: <laughs> although sometimes you got to you got to like you, you can use that to your advantage like uh, like the big city that my players were uh, were in recently were was called Ghost Wharf mm-hmm. and I did and I there's it, it's such a big city there's going to be a lot of guards, and knowing them, since they're all pretty much chaotic neutral, they just love to cause trouble. So I just said, oh, yeah, all the guards are, uh, they're all twins or something like that. Like, they all come from the same family. And they all, and I would just, like, <laughs> also, I forgot, one of my players, Craggle, our rogue gnome, uh, loves to ask everybody who their name is. <laughs> so I just decided to go with all the guards are something else. Aiden so it was Aiden Brayden Caden Zayden Shaden Baden uh, like everything all their names were just something with a den That's at so the cool. end of it and I was like yeah, it just became a running joke from then on if any time they ran into a guard they're like which letter of the <laughs> alphabet are you <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: that is great well thanks for being on Evan actually, actually I oh, yes.
5: can I have a question I have a yeah. question for y'all absolutely uh, What? Are, since y'all love playing D&D what's y'all's favorite Uh, class, and Ah. or... uh, Oh, you just said it.
2: Gnome Rogue, baby. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. I mean, I'm kind of a fuck in D&D, and I like like to make Colkut's life really hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you just get... I think Rogues is the best class. I'm not booky enough to be a spellcaster. I love spellcasters are really cool, but I just like stealth abilities. I like being able to play the role of a thief because you can do sleight of hand. You can be a deceiver. I, I play a high charisma rogue, so I like to do a lot of talking, and since I know Cold Cut, I can talk to him a, pretty easily. Um, that would be my advocate, for sure. Still, so. I am in love with my
0: bard class. It's, it's so good. We're higher level now, and I'm very strong um i have magical secrets which means that i can get wish before even i think a wizard can
4: uh, one level after. one
0: level after wizard but we don't have a wizard in our party anymore so he's powerful and then just like with the high charisma i've done so much convincing people to do ridiculous things and uh it's just it's really fun and i think that the spell casting uh, mechanic of using music all the time is cool so like i'll inspire our players all the time like give bardic inspiration you're like what song do you want to hear And uh, sometimes we play the song over our our speakers when we're doing it. So it's really, like, immersive and gives, like, a fun musical element to the game. Oh, man. Vards,
1: I do love the flavor text that Vards give. Oh, I feel like I got to say wizard. I haven't played a wizard in forever. I think, like, the first character I ever played was a wizard. But I just always like spells, and having the most spells, I think, is cool. And i mean gandalf's just the best Taco's also the best if you listen to the adventure zone yeah i think just being able to like look in the spell book and be like what ridiculous garbage am i gonna do today and then like the next week you just could pick totally different spells constantly being able to surprise the dm i think is one of the best oh, things yeah. like whenever you can make the dm be like i did not know you had that is a great moment and wizards definitely have the most stuff where you're like oh i didn't know you got that spell already. Great! Wow. I guess you won instantly without doing anything. Do you remember when Spencer did a uh, Ring of Death and you just killed um, that entire horde that you created? You had like a hundred
0: people, and Spencer just zeroed them all in like one spell. Circle of yeah, Circle of Death. Uh huh. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> well, that's why wizards are great.
0: What uh? What about you?
5: What's your favorite class to play? Oh, um. I don't know. I mean, like, you all have said some pretty good classes, and I have had my fun with uh, all of them. But uh, I'm a basic bitch, and I love uh, the human fighter. Ah. Um, just because, uh, I mean, the human fighter itself is the most OP, especially if you're playing with the variant. So you get that, you can get that feet right off the bat, plus your plus ones as well. Um, but then you also get an ability score every uh every other level after four Mm. so you're con so you're like you're gonna probably end up being the most if you work it out you could be a skill monkey if you decide to you can be a tank you could be a healer even as a fighter if you really wanted to depending on going for your eldritch um you could be a sneaky type of rogue i mean with a fighter can literally fall into any um any kind of slot that you need for that and they can and it can change as it goes it's being like your tanker at first for your first four levels then kind of being your crowd control to then even possibly at one point being your defense for your wizards in the end you know uh, that that fighter can end up evolving I think much better than some of the other ones so I think fighters probably the best one all right I guess I have a
2: concluding question then okay unless you wanted to do it Go for it. Is it possible to be more hyped for our July 30th live show? I, I don't think it is possible, personally, but
5: how hyped are you?
2: Oh. How excited?
5: Oh, I mean, if we're going to talk about hype, I'm fucking excited. <laughs> I am so fucking pumped to do a live show of D&D with you, not only with you guys, but also the the Funhouse family in front of a live studio audience, um, because I think as, a, as for being a DM... Uh, It is probably the most scary as well as uh the most like the most triumphant in the end of getting an audience to listen to the story that my characters uh and players have built with me and getting the audience to to cheer and rise up if i can get at least one audience member to cheer for one of my players i'm like i win yeah i won it's the game's already over i win i i I shut off the podcast and walk out, you know, and just be like, eh, it's done. left got is there it. Oh. In life? <laughs> That's so good. All
1: right, yeah, tune back in. We'll, uh, July 30th with the Northwest Film Forum. You can hear from Evan. And uh, what's the name of your guys' D&D,
5: your party? All right, uh, the name of our podcast is Save the D8. The name of the party is The Absolute Maniacs. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, you can find us on pretty much anywhere uh, you can uh, for any podcast place where you listen to podcasts itunes overcast stitcher um spotify oh, spotify is a big one now for uh, anybody who likes listening to podcasts and music so i, I j- definitely check us out on spotify our numbers are really low on spotify so get us on spotify <laughs> awesome thanks evan right on thank you so much for having me goddamn weed whacker in the background
1: thank you for listening to shifty's podcast actually i'm sorry what did i i what was the word that i'm thinking i can't i'm drawing a blank Beachcast. cast Thank you for listening to the BeachCast. I hope that we managed to scrape together a cohesive narrative out of all of this. Thank you to Evan for being on and talking about his show. That's Save the D8. You can find him on way more podcasting platforms than us. So if you're already listening to this one, you shouldn't have that hard of a time finding it. And yeah, check out Funhouse Family as well. Thanks for Barrett finally making the shot pot work. Yeah. Bringing some closure to a long-running Shifty's meta-narrative arc. I'd
0: like uh, to shout out the weed whacker in the background, the honorary uh, fourth host you've been hearing this whole cast
1: He is much worse of a host than we are, not at all funny He's kind of one of those people who thinks that if he keeps making the same annoying sound it's eventually gonna be funny and it's not funny! Wait, like, like, Beach cast. Yeah, but that is, that's <laughs> pretty funny though, that is pretty <laughs> funny though I don't know if there's anybody else for me to thank. I'm going to take one last opportunity, and we should all do this, to plug
0: our live event on July 30th at the Northwest Film Forum from 7 to 11. Tickets will be
1: on sale very soon, and we will have you updated with the link for that. Oh, I forgot that we should probably mention that we are doing a live show at the Seattle North, not the Seattle, the Northwest Film Forum. That's in Capitol Hill, July 30th. It's going to be starting at 7 o'clock, so come check us out. It's on a Tuesday. You have no excuses. You're not
2: doing anything on a Tuesday. We know you aren't. That's why we planned it for that. If you don't show up,
1: we're going to find you, and we're going to shop at you. Plane tickets aren't that expensive, so to all of you weird people who somehow managed to find us and you live in other countries, thanks, dude. If you're in another country listening to this right now, congratulations. I don't really, I can't really ask you for anything other than that, except I will. Buy a plane ticket and come and listen to our live show. My name is Cole Cutt. I'm Wallace. I'm Joey. And
3: it has been our privilege and our pleasure to serve you from the beach.